20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, only on Hulu, Friday. Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots, shots, shots! This Friday. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2, rated R, streaming only on Hulu, Friday. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Back with Thompson to Clark. Brad Evans here with me, and you know we're gonna have to start this show off with a, some sad news from yeah. our childhood, our our early days as a Giants fan. But before we do that, I just want to mention uh, we've had a bunch of stuff on the network in these last few days. Brian and I were up yesterday talking Warriors, and Bob Myers stepping down, and uh, Brian looked at another prospect who the, who the Warriors could draft if they are going to draft somebody. And then also Rod and I, uh, we did We Want Winners last night. That one, he was having some, uh, Rod was having some issues with his video. So that one's audio only. We, we tried with the video, but it just, it just did not work. So a uh, lot of stuff in the network. And then Brad and I here today, no Giants game today. So people can catch up with some stuff if they want. But I guess we do have to talk about the hum baby himself. Roger Craig passed away. You know, I think it's always sad when someone passes away. But, man, to live to 93 like he did, uh, what a fantastic life. And just the all in baseball. We all know that he was the uh, Giants manager from, you know, the biggest time of my fandom as a kid. I think he came in at the end of 85. And then he took over until right before Dusty uh, took the took the Giants to the World Series in '89. They won the division in '87 as well. So some really really fun memories uh, for for me of Roger Craig. And you know they they always say he invented the split finger. He said that he didn't really invent it. He kind of changed around a pitch and uh, maybe made it a little bit better than someone who had taught him. But right. man, what are your uh, what are your memories of old Hum Baby? Uh, you know, here, here's the funny thing because again, I, when it comes to 1985, we just remember losing 100 games. <laughs> um, you, you know, and and there was no ESPN. Well, I mean, at least for me, there was no Sports Center. There was no, you know, it, it was the radio and 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 listening to the games and barely got any games on TV because we yeah. didn't cable. Just um, the away so, games. We just would get the away games and they would be like at yeah. five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which was fine for us because we weren't working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kids. But I, you know, it's one of those things you just always kind of forget that, yeah, he came in uh, with like 18 games left in the 85 season and took over. That's that's unheard of nowadays that uh, somebody comes in with somebody gets fired with 18 games left. They Usually, were like, you're going to like fired. They were like Jim Davenport. <laughs> we're not firing you after this slow start. We're going to wait. You get the nine, yeah. you know, 92 losses and, and you're out of here, buddy. 
Exactly. We don't want to lose a hundred games, but you know, it happened anyways. Um, I, I, I guess at least Davenport can say that year. He didn't lose a hundred. Exactly. Uh, but you know, for, and that's unheard of this era that would never happen. But the fact that then he was handed the reins after that to say, Hey, take this over. I don't know if there was a more perfect person at that time to take over the team when you have guys like Robbie Thompson, Will Clark, these guys coming in, um, you know, to be kind of a level-headed, upbeat guy to say, well, we're not going to lose 100 games this season because we got these young kids and we're going to play baseball. We're going to suicide squeeze the crap yeah. out of you. We are going little to did we know, defense. Little did we know as we would grow older that, Suicide squeeze is not a, a very highly efficient play, <laughs> and and but the Giants would do it like they would, you know, a lot. Some sometimes, you know, the batter would miss the. But, but in the small ball era, down. that's the thing. the The bunt was an art form. Nowadays, you see the bunt, you go, "Hey, that guy got a bunt down." But back in the day when a guy got a bunt down, I mean, how excited were we when the bunts were laid down? Because we're like, oh, that's perfect. You put it. So this guy comes off the mound to the first base side. You you get it in there. So Roger Craig was like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to score some runs any old weird way that we can. Um, And then and then we got to just love the guy for years until 92 um, when Dusty Baker took over then in 93 at the end of the 92 season into 93. But, you know, he is the face. He's the face of that that National League championship uh, 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 NLCS team in 87, the National League championship team in 89. Um, you know, I used to go to the ballpark a lot in 90 and 91, uh, drive up there with some friends and uh, sit out in the bleachers. And and we just, you know, we'd always talk so good about Roger Craig. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's a tough – it's a tough passing to take and, and condolences to the Roger Craig family um, and to all of the Giants family, uh, you know, everybody in the front office who knew him for years. And I'm sure, you know, even guys like Buster Posey, they probably got to know Roger Craig over the years, too, because he would come out to the ballpark every now and then and make an appearance. And uh, when was the last time we saw him? Was it the Will Clark ceremony? Yeah, I- I think it was, and and he was there by video in that little clip. If you can find it on YouTube, I think Will Clark actually retweeted it today, and and man, it was hilarious. He said, yeah. "You know, Will Clark, you were great. You would have been even better if you would have listened to me," <laughs> and, and they, which is fantastic. They had a really good relationship, those two guys, um, which is hard to say because I mean. Will Clark was such a brash dude coming in as a rookie yeah. and Roger Craig was this, you know, uh hum baby, ho hum type of dude. Yeah. He's like, well, we're going to go out there. But I mean, there were times Roger Craig would come out and get fired up. And when you saw him come up, come out and get fired up with the umpire and get tossed, you knew stuff was going south and, and, and the umpire probably blew the call. You, you know, Roger Munter, we're going to talk about him in a little bit. He has the the great Substack where he follows the the Giants minor league. His post today, uh, he said that he was named after Roger Craig, and he always was uncertain about it because it wasn't until eighty six that or eighty five eighty six that Craig came to the Giants, and then he said then it made sense. But otherwise, he's like, "You named me after this 
you know, win loss, you know, losing 20 some odd games, you know, for the Dodgers, like you name me after that guy. But then he said, you know, in 86, then it made sense. Uh, We're going to talk about Rogers work in a little bit because he he had a really good post today that that I'm going to uh, discuss with Brad. But so we come in and it was perfect timing for us because we're still playing. We're playing little league, you know. Uh, getting, you know, going into high school and there's this mentality of, you know, hit and run and defense. And, you know, he talked about the the perfect hum baby player. I think the guy's name was Brad Gilden or something like that. And they said, you know, yeah. why is he the hum baby player? He's like, well, he didn't have any talent. It was all heart. <laughs> that's the hum baby <laughs> player. And so that that's what we grew up on so that's what we knew baseball to be you know now baseball's very different it's you know about oh, oh yeah launch angle and you know the margins and and this and that but i i was a hum baby player i'll tell you that much oh yeah when when i played high school and i played uh the the semi pro leagues and all the the men's leagues and all that stuff i was a hum baby player i didn't have the talent but <laughs> i would go out there and i would have a good attitude and i would try harder than everybody else on the roster uh, just because that's what I had to do, but I enjoyed it. And, and I got that from Roger Craig too. I mean, you know, just watching giants baseball in the, in the late eighties and early nineties, that's how you played baseball. Yeah. And so, you know, those were my formative years. That was I started high school in 87. So God, I'm old. <laughs> and, and so, so then just, you know, watching those teams in high school, all throughout my high school, um, that was the only coach. Uh, of the giants that or the manager of the giants of uh, the, uh, all of my high school uh, playing years. So that that's kind of who I looked up to. Um, Cause my po- coaches in, in high school were kind of garbage. So, so I always <laughs> looked at Roger Craig, like, well, what's he doing? What's he teaching that? That's what I'm going to do. And so that's kind of how I fashioned my game too. Yeah. It's funny. I, I did the same thing when I, had to play shortstop and as a senior in high school. All I did was just study the things that Royce Clayton did. I would record Absolutely. the games and then like rewatch clips and make yeah. sure that I could see what he was doing. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll end it with this, which is uh, the idea that you had the hum baby coach and then you had Will and then you had Robbie and you had, you know, other players who may not have been talent as talented. Now, you know, we had the A's across the Bay and that was a right. team where you're like, okay, these guys are really talented. You yeah. know, they have all of the best players and they should be winning these games. And for the giants, you're like, Oh, well, you know, they do have some talent. Like Will Clark was one of the best players in, in the game, but you know, maybe from a pitching staff perspective, they didn't have that, you know, that ACE who, who was throwing, 95 and glaring at people like Dave Stewart. You know, we had big, you know, Rick Russell, you know, we had, uh, you know, he's a portly fellow who was thrown in the high eighties and he was almost 40 years old. Daddy. So, uh, you know, that, that, that was the kind of the thing was, you know, okay, you, maybe we don't have the most talent, but they're going to figure out a way to do it. And also because of that, they would ship off players who were really talented, but didn't have that attitude. Like, Chris Brown, who made the all-star team in 86, he's the, uh, I think he, he may have been the only giant to make the all-star team. I know he was the only offensive he, player to make the all-star team for the There might've been a pitcher that year. <clears throat> that wasn't Geralt's making the team. Geralt was the year before. The year before. Okay. Yeah. He was like right. the only all-star of the year before. And he had like 
13 saves and because in baseball yeah. everyone has to make it from a one team yeah exactly um so you know chris brown like you're thinking you're watching chris brown in 86 you're like oh wow here's our cornerstone oh kruko but, was it Kru- oh, Kru- Kru- you're right you're Chili right davis there you go kruko I, I, how did i forget kruko yeah yeah and and so chris brown gets shipped off because he's not that kind of player he's not playing you know through injuries or or always given his 110 and you know some of it could have been just a a personality issue you know we, we weren't there but you know now now a lot of times you know when you go back and some of those things you're like oh this guy had a bad reputation really it's just the coach tanking the reputation at but i don't know about chris brown but but that was the thing right just chris brown gets shipped out and then we grab you know kevin mitchell and and these guys who are just like you know, barreling over guys at home plate and stuff. So it was a fun team to watch, a really fun team to grow up on. And Roger Craig was the one who really brought that attitude. And this is a perfect match of, you know, the hum baby coach with these guys who, uh, who wanted to play in that style. Like, you know, you always go back. So you see this, this play come up on Instagram every once in a while, you know, they do these things. Oh, back in the day, baseball was like this. And it's, you know, double play ball, Ozzie Smith to Okendo at second, and Will Clark slides at the very last yeah. minute to break up this double play. And like that, that you know, that's what it was back then for us. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's how you're. And then you get older and you're like, I don't want to get hurt. Don't, don't no, slide man. at the last minute on no, me. No, don't do that because then, <laughs> then if you get in a fight too nowadays, you get, these guys get suspended and this guy gets a fractured arm. Mike Morris goes head first into somebody yeah. and and uh stupid you know, uh so. to, who was the pitcher oh hunter, hunter strickland. strickland oh what an idiot yeah. do not speak his name on this yeah. podcast not 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 very <laughs> not not very good uh giant there no. but yeah so you know as we move on uh roger craig r.i.p great memories for me uh yeah cheers to uh cheers to the hum baby the original the one and only the hum baby. All right, let's move on to some information. Uh, it looks like the Giants will get a little bit of help from the offensive side. Uh, they don't, like I said, they don't play today, but they will play Tuesday. They're in Colorado, and you uh, need kind of, you, you need pitching help when you go to Colorado, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, and and Alex Wood goes on the DL. They bring up Tristan Beck, but. Uh, they get back Jock. So that's a fun place to come back from the DL, Colorado. Heck yeah, he's like going. He's you know he's taking batting practice. Going like, man, I feel really good. <laughs> I don't, I'm not hurt. No way. I'm, I'm Russian not, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> ball's going 480 out to right field. <laughs> Jock is going to be back as well as Tyro. They've missed Tyro a little yes. bit. It, it'll be a little bit of a crunch now though because uh, Crawford. Um, and uh, J.D. Davis and Casey Schmidt. So we'll see what they do as far as the the rest of the infield because you got to play Ty- Tyro's. A, you know, you got to play him every game. Like he's really oh, oh yeah a catalyst for them. So we'll see what he they is. do there. Yeah. And yeah, you know they had it. They struggled a little bit. We'll talk about that in in the last segment as we look forward to this week. We'll talk about what what happened last week. I was a little disappointed by the outcomes, though. I wouldn't say I was disappointed in that Orioles series because the Orioles are a really good team. Uh, We'll save that because we have other news, which is Luis Matos. How long are they going to be able to keep Luis Matos down? And I almost, if I'm like a Giants outfielder, 
I'm making sure I don't get hurt. <laughs> right. Because you bring up Luis Matos. I don't know if they're going to want to send him back down. This is not like Ramos, right? They're, they're not going to utilize him like they did Ramos, which is, oh, you know, let's see. He's struggling, but we'll give him a shot here. Let's see if it helps him. No, they, they want to prepare the 21-year-old. If he is going to come up, they want to prepare him to, you know, stick around. So if I'm uh, if I'm an outfielder, I'm making sure that uh, you know I'm I'm uh, I'm not walking over any lines. I'm not you know doing any <laughs> doing anything to piss off the the baseball gods because Luis Matos yes. is coming and he's tearing the cover off of the baseball in AAA. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those situations too. We've talked we talk about it. everybody talks about it for years at the Giants and their. Um, I guess we can call it a curse. I don't know who cursed us, but but having an outfield prospect actually come up with the club and and stick and make it, uh, it's been years. I mean, I, I honestly, I think they talk about it. When was the last one? Was it Danny Gladden? Was he? Even, <laughs> I don't even think he was. Uh, I, I I'm I'm not even sure he was one of ours before he came up and and through the system, but um. Darren Lewis, you know, we even traded he was an for A. Him. Yeah, he was an he A. He was an A. So that's the thing. I mean, you look at these guys and you go, when was the last, like, Giants outfield prospect that came up and made some sort of – oh, that, that's what – I think it was Chili Davis. Yeah. I think Chili Davis might have been the last one. That's why they call it the – they call it the Chili Davis effect. Sorry I called it a curse. It's Are you telling curse. me that uh, John Bowker wasn't the guy? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. I hate to break it to you, but John Bowker, <laughs> even when he came up and we got really excited because he had a first couple of uh, yeah good couple of games, we were like, oh, maybe Bowker's the one. Nah, he was one of my one of my favorite Giants Twitter followers over the years. Uh, she, somehow she got the at Gidget that that is her username oh, nice. on Twitter. So she's been on for a while. Impressive. Every time he would come up, she would just go. Bowker mania. <laughs> Bow- Good old John. Cause it was Bowker. And who was the other guy? There were a couple of Johns Bocock. It was yeah. John Bowker and John Bocock. We had one year. I think both those guys were up at the same time. Um, Todd, there was a Todd, there was a Todd Linden sighting back in the day for outfielders. There yes. was a Rickert Fanita. There were a lot. There uh, were lots of Mark uh, carry on Dante but he Powell, was a, Calvin Mark Murray. carry on was a Yankee, right? Yeah. I think yeah. Originally. Yeah. So yeah, but it's I mean, we had some man. high, high picks too. Like I said, you know, Dante Powell was Fresno state, yeah. I believe Calvin Murray was supposed to be like Calvin a speedster, Murray. but he couldn't hit Darren Ford, Darren Ford. So yeah, I'm excited because, Gosh. because, uh, you know, we'd kind of talked about him, uh, sadly last year because he was hurt and struggling and he's back. And I'm going to read you a stat here. Uh, so from uh, for, actually l- less of a stat, more of an analysis from Roger, uh, Roger Munter, su- the Substack. go check out his Substack. I think it's like seven bucks a month. It's fantastic value. He said uh, he wrote in, in the Substack today. And as I documented the other day, while there are certainly a fair amount of magic wandus involved in Matos's hits, because of his plus bat speed, even balls that aren't squared up are being put in play at extreme velocity. Over the weekend, seven of his final 10 balls in play were hit harder than 95 miles per hour exit velocity, including five triple digits. 
while he gets an occasional 57 mile per hour single, that's more an indication of the good things that come from putting the ball in play. As often as he does, then it is an indication of some underlying BABIP luck inflating his numbers. Matos is the kind of player who is likely to have higher than normal BABIP because of his predilection predilection for getting balls. Yeah, he used a big word. (laughs) I'm not privy to big words. (laughs) For getting balls into play in the first place along with above average speed. So, you know, because I, you know, we talk about this with, uh, with Tyro because Tyro doesn't walk very often. So his high average was the result of a, of a high BABIP. And, you know, when your BABIP is over 400, more than likely it's going to come back down. And similar with Casey Schmidt, because Casey Schmidt also doesn't walk. But what Roger is saying is that Matos may have a higher than normal BABIP, but it's because he hits the ball so hard because of the, the exit velocity off of his bat. And it may not be any sort of luck or maybe just a little bit of luck when it comes to that. So that got me really excited because he can run a little bit and he's a speedy outfielder. So, we, you know, that that is th- those are a bunch of things that really, really would help this team. They don't really carry uh, an everyday center fielder. And if he could be that, wow, what an amazing injection of everything good about what the Giants, you know, could use in one player. Um, and, you know, it's just you kind of for, for Giants fans, we're a little bit like skeptical because of all of the guys that Brad and I just mentioned because they've all come through and we've hoped and hoped and hoped and they never stuck around and they never did it. And they didn't really do it on other teams either. So it's not like we just couldn't make it work. It's just, they, you know, they were not big time major league players. So I'm hopeful. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen though, because what, what Roger also wrote was that, the Giants don't really have a need in the outfield like they did in the infield. So he may, you know, it may be a little delay of him actually coming up, but man, it's, it's exciting to even think about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm more excited about this prospect than most prospects because we talked about earlier. He's my type of player. He's not going to, he's not going to hit 30 home runs in a yeah. season. He's not going to hit 40 home runs. He's probably not even going to hit 20. Maybe he hits 15. Um, but he's that combination of speed, defense, and uh, average. I mean, he's he's going to put the ball in play. He's going to make things happen. And and you're gonna, it's going to stretch the lineup. Because right now you've got Lamont Wade Jr. playing just otherworldly when it comes to on-base percentage and everything else. Uh, you know, uh, his eye is phenomenal. And then you've got Tyro Estrada, who's also just having a great season uh, in terms of getting on base, stealing bases. So if you can put Luis Matos somewhere down in like the, you know, eight or nine spot, and then if you lead him off in an inning, all of a sudden you've got three leadoff men going back to back to back, which is awesome. And and a couple of those guys, Lamont Wade and Tyro, do have some pop. Um, so, and then, and then having the defense in the outfield, Austin Slater still though, uh, again, also my type of player, but uh, as we know, he struggles against righties. So, yeah. so that's kind of a bit of a problem. Um, if, if Matos can handle both lefties and righties, then yeah, he's got the job and he's like you said, he's going to be really hard to push out. If he gets up to the majors and he starts making an impact, 
He's going to be really, really hard to send down. Giants fans will riot if they have to send him back down <laughs> at some point. But but moves are going to have to be made. Um, what do you do? Do you trade Austin Slater? I mean, he he's a guy who crushes lefties. So do you, can there was, you trade him, though? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. There was a piece I sent in our in our uh, text chat earlier about Wilmer possibly being yeah. on the block. And they, they I think Wilmer That's just signed it. for, uh, what, a two- or three-year deal recently, right? I believe like it was a two-year deal. I'll, I'll okay. take a look on Track just real quick. Right? And that and that is uh, – it's, it's kind of a, a problem, but a good problem in that you have enough – top level players on your 26 man that someone has to get pushed out. And Wilmer's a, I, I like having Wilmer on the team just because he, he is that right-handed bat that you can, you know, you can rely on to give you a good AB, but yeah. that's what's going to happen is as Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey and Luis Matos, and maybe next year, Marco Luciano and Kyle Harrison, as those guys come up, guys are going to get pushed out. Now, you know, Brandon Crawford, uh, is probably at the at the end of his uh, Giants thing, but you know they don't really have a shortstop unless you're talking about someone like Tyler Fitzgerald. Uh, but they don't really have a, a you know a shortstop shortstop if Luciano is is eventually going to be a third base. So maybe you you push Schmidt to to shortstop. But you know one thing Roger wrote also about Tyler Fitzgerald is that. He said that Tyler Fitzgerald might be the best actual shortstop in the Giants organization, along with Brandon Crawford from a defensive perspective. So that's kind of interesting. And he's not a propped up prospect that we hear a ton about. So, you know, that that's something that to keep an eye on as far as what as far as that is concerned. He said, yeah, even better than Casey Schmidt playing shortstop. So that's something to, to think about as well. But, you know, as the we, we kind of joke about. Zadie making all of these moves and people are, you know, these are just chess pieces and they're getting moved up and down. And, you know, certain guys, Connor Joe, Hey, Connor Joe. Oh, wait, what happened to Connor Joe? Oh, you know, someone else, you know, so so there was a left-handed hitter who, 
you know, who's in the Dodgers organization six years ago. And, and so yeah. Zadie picked him up and, you know, Matt Beatty. Oh, Matt Beatty. Oh, no. Matt Beatty. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's so many guys. Who, like who, that. who is tearing it up in in uh, in Sacramento? I almost said Phoenix. <laughs> Jeez. See, we start talking about Roger Craig. We start talking about the 80s in AAA yeah. baseball. I'm, I'm going to say the Phoenix Firebirds. <laughs> um, but yeah. Fres- and Fresno so, Giants, man. The Fresno Giants. Good Lord. So so uh, Wilmer is $6.5 million this year. Six point five million in twenty twenty four, and a player option. He can opt in on a third year at three point five mm. in twenty twenty five. So, um, so yeah, it's a movable contract. I yeah. mean, it really is because a player option at three point five, he'll be thirty three. So it's not like he's thirty six or thirty seven years old at that point. Yeah. Um, if he opts in at 3.5, it's because he's having a rough <laughs> couple of seasons. Yeah. But he's absolutely worth, at this moment, way more than 3.5. I know uh, Kapler brought him into his office, had a talk with him, and said, you know, one of one of the intangibles that they really appreciate about Wilma Flores is, is that he hasn't had a whole lot of playing time lately. But when he does get that playing time, he is ready. He's positive. Um, when he's on the bench, he's positive. When he comes in a pinch hit, he's positive. Um, so that's just, you know, just kind of an intangible that that if you're looking to have a, a winning season, if you're looking to get to the playoffs and be successful, you need guys like that on your team. So, Yeah, for sure. A couple of other prospects. I know we've gone this far without really talking about Kyle Harrison. And it seems like really that they're just looking at him to get in a good rhythm where he's not walking guys like he's so still almost walking a batter in an inning and he hasn't really pitched more than four innings in in a start because they cap him at 75 pitches a start uh so you know i think the uh if you start seeing some outings from harrison or it's you know four innings you know seven strikeouts one walk that would probably be a nice sign of that you know they'll be more interested in bringing him up but you know they like we've talked about this all season they have like you know so many starters and in some cases you know to me it's like well you don't really have any starters except for you know two or three if you have eight um but they do have this ability to move guys in and out even tomorrow i think brevia is opening and so that they can keep Logan Webb and Cobb on their, you know, uh, uh, on their normal rest plus a day. So they didn't even have to move them up. So they're able to do things like that. But, you know, I think if Harrison was able to put together like five or six starts of where he's not walking as many guys and he's really attacking the strike zone, we could see him. But I don't think it's going to happen until then. If if I'm reading Roger and what he wrote correctly. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's uh, there's just that not that you know urgent need for it right now, and I think that's important, and I think that's good because it means for the most part the Giants players are healthy. Wood just went on the IL, but I, but Giants pitching is healthy, and you've got Stripling and you've got Manea kind of waiting in the wings. Um, I know most Giants fans would say they'd rather see Harrison. But but I think you'd rather have him fine tune his tools uh, in Triple A because again he didn't pitch in Triple A uh, but what a uh, couple of games last year um, so this is kind of a big deal that he 
you know, gets almost a full season under his belt. Yeah. And another guy, uh, Keaton Wynn, kind of on the periphery as well. And uh, Reggie Crawford hitting and pitching in San Jose. Yeah. But I think they're being really careful with him. You know, he, he's going to pitch and then he's going to take a day off and then they'll let him hit. And then he's going to take a day off and prepare to pitch. Like they're not just throwing him out there and going like, okay, dude, you're playing every day here. You're not coming off the field. They're being really careful with him. That, and that's a guy, you know, I always say this because I, I want to go to so many more San Jose Giants games than I get to go to. But that would be a fun guy to check out is, is Reggie yeah. Crawford. All right, let's, uh, let, let's move on a little bit to our player of the week here. Uh, you had three guys, and uh, I tweeted it out, and I said, you know, I really wanted to vote for Luis Matos, but he wasn't on this <laughs> list. But uh, go through who was on the list for player of the week. Yeah, so we actually had, for the first time, I, I don't remember – this ever happening before, but we had a tie for first place. Oh, wow. For our players. So we have co-players of the week. So coming in third, poor J.D. Davis came in third with 20% of the vote. Uh, he had a good week, though. hundred uh, A 181 WRC+, plus, a 375 batting average, two runs, one rib, and a 524 on-base percentage. But uh, that wasn't enough to get it done for player of the week. Co-players of the week, Alex Cobb and Lamont Wade Jr. And uh, Alex Cobb, a 1-0 mark on the week in the one game that he pitched, seven and two-thirds innings, a 1.46 FIP. Didn't give up uh, any runs in seven and two-thirds innings. Uh, gave up five hits and seven strikeouts. Didn't walk anybody. And then his co Player of the week, Lamont Wade Jr. Another fantastic week. The guy's just playing lights out baseball this year, which which is great to see after the the rough two oh seven batting average <laughs> and and injury riddled season he had last year. So fun to see him back playing playing good baseball because such a lovable, fantastic dude. Um, one ninety nine WRC plus three sixteen average, one home run, four runs, one rib. And uh, 435 on base percentage sets the table uh, night in and, and out and day in and day out. So uh, congrats to the co the co winners of Player of the Week, Lamont Wade Jr. and Alex Cobb. You know why Lamont wanted hit the ball in the water. Yeah, well, that's true. Oh, you know what? Oh, I didn't even put that on there. <laughs> Splash hit number 100. Maybe that would have pushed him over the edge. I had to f- even the playing field. Again yeah. I, I voted for Cobb, by the way, because that I think that that was a, that was a, was a great start for them. That was fantastic. Against a really good team, too. So He's I, had I one there. bad start this year, right? Yeah, he's like the, the reverse disco where... The last few starts for Disco been a little rough. Yeah, and then Logan Webb is getting the Matt Kane treatment. <laughs> Goes so I, think out there. I think it's because he kind of looks like a, a, a smaller, pudgier version of Matt Kane. <laughs> smaller and pudgier. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh instead of the horse, he's the donkey. Yeah, well, you know, you know what's so great about him though. He has so much fun playing baseball. Oh yes, that dude is always la- He's laughing. He's yeah. smiling. He puts the you know he puts the glove up to the, to the mouth, which tells you as a fan, 
he doesn't want you to read his lips. So, you know, it's either something he only wants to tell his teammates. He doesn't want the other team to hear, or he's like saying bad words, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great point because I mean, just a couple, like a month ago, we're sitting here going, this team is boring. It's tough to watch. Not much is going on. But now when you start talking about these guys and the season has progressed and we're getting close to like 60 games into the season, you're starting to see the fun. You're starting to see the personalities come out. These guys are starting to mesh. Yeah. And they're playing, they're playing good baseball. I mean, Schmidt and Bailey had really, really rough weeks. Both of them hit below 150 each. Yeah. Um, gonna they're having a hard time finding hits, right? Yeah, they're going to struggle. Um, but pitchers are going to figure them out. They're going to find their weak spots. Uh, Casey Schmidt does like to swing at a lot of baseballs, no matter where they're at. Um, Patrick Bailey just <laughs> did you uh, what you Grant know. Grant said that a nickname is going to oh, be for him? Y- yeah, Chasey Schmidt. Chasey Schmidt. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that is good stuff. I mean, it, it is true. It's unfortunately true. And then Patrick Bailey, who. Um, you know, still didn't really get a chance to prove himself in Triple A. He was just starting to kind of turn it on there, and they came up. But but again, defense. When you talk about the, both those guys saving runs, um, you look at Patrick Bailey behind the plate. These pitchers are pitching. Starting pitchers are pitching fantastic. He can he can wrangle Camilo Duvall. That's hard to do. Him him and uh, Joey Bart can both do that. Those are great intangibles to have with Camilo Duvall. Um, and there's no coincidence that since it's been Duvall uh, or since it's been Schmidt, well, first Bart and then Schmidt getting the majority of the games behind the plate, that Duvall has really, really turned it on. Uh, in the closing role and has been almost lights out when it comes to, uh, you know, shutting down and, and getting the save. So, um, yeah, man, this team, this team. And then they have a week like they had. Uh, and then you go, this team, it's a different, this team, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm enjoying watching them play. So, yeah. uh, and you know, Logan is very much into, being a leader and being a mentor yeah. and it's kind of it's a little harder to do it from the perspective of being a pitcher because you're not out there every day and so i don't expect you know uh necessarily a pitcher to be able to to sort of be the team leader the overall team leader but he loves the idea of being that guy and so i'm you know i i just i think that's really cool because he's not he's kind of a young guy himself and he's accepting of that role like this i'm gonna be here for a while and i'm gonna be the guy to bring this organization you know back i'm gonna be the you know maybe not the lincecum right maybe it's not the 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 timmy he's not that electric he's not gonna be able to lead by example in that way but maybe a cane could be he's probably got a little bit more personality on the field than cane though cane has a pretty dry wit off of the off of the field but he could be like that right because you do need that sturdy guy who you know uh, after a loss you go oh webs pitching we're in this game no matter what and that that that's a that's a great thing to have yeah, absolutely. And I I was really excited. Everybody was, too, when he signed that long-term deal. Um, just to have him around and just to know that the organization is starting to kind of give out the long-term deals. It's promising when you see guys like Schmidt and Bailey come up and Matos might be coming up to to know that, okay, we're not just going to showcase these guys for, for sale. They're, they're not up for sale. They're going to 
stay here and hopefully for the long term, or we're, we're going to keep building uh, and then adding, you know, veteran presence uh, as time goes on, hopefully not to one year deals with a one year opt out <laughs> stuff like that. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we can, and, and Mitch Hanniger, you know, sign up to a three year deal. So yeah. there's that promise and there's that hope that we're starting to see things kind of mesh together. Yeah. All right. Before we get to the uh, last segment of this show, I will go first because uh, I'm starting to bust out this bad boy. Now, I bought this last year. Yeah, I like that. Because as it gets a little warmer and we do this show, you know, I got to keep the door closed and I can't really open a window because you don't want that sound from the outside coming into the mic. The drinks, they if, if you got a little bit of ice, they just quickly melt. So I bought this last year. It's the Yeti. Uh, I don't even know what version it is, but it doesn't have a, the handle. Like the coffee cup one has the handle. So I don't right. know. Maybe this is for cocktails. I just bought it thinking like, oh, this would be good for cocktails. Those are those are like camping uh, tumblers. Yeah. So you, yeah, they're good good and rugged for camping type of stuff because you can walk around the campground uh, and 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 hide your booze in it. Not that, <laughs> uh, not, that not that a camp host is going <laughs> to go, hey, you quit drinking because what, what, what do you do what when do you, you do? go camping? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> you drink, you sleep, you hike i mean yeah. that's pretty much it <laughs> so uh i i re uh i refilled or, or, or my wife when she went to trader joe she refilled on our kentucky best this is the the brad Evans brad evans recommendation not yeah. the bourbon that you're going to necessarily sip but the perfect <laughs> bourbon for <laughs> mixing you're yeah, not going to you know, put it out when company comes over either because yeah, it's not because it's a it's a great bottle it's because you don't want to scare anybody away. Uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 for the the mixing and you know you have your mm-hmm. you you have your higher higher scale bourbon for for when the people come over. But uh, I I I got a shot and a half of of that bourbon and then I grabbed the I went to Sprouts and they had the Zevia and I got the the, you can't see it through my green screen, but the Zevia <laughs> ginger ale. Put, no, it, I didn't, put it in front of your shirt. Oh, no, you can't do that either. No, I didn't want the six-pack because yesterday I took the car in uh, to Pet Boys. We have a Pet Boys right right where lots of stuff are. So I dropped the car off. Then I can go grab lunch and go walk to the Starbucks and just hang out in that area. And they were taking a little bit longer than I thought they were going to take. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll go to Sprouts. I want to get some ginger ale. But I was like, ah, you know, should I get a six-pack? Because do I want to carry the six-pack, walk across the street, back to the car? But they have these little long boy cans of Zevia. So I was like, oh, perfect. Ginger ale. So I could mix with my bourbon. So I got the Zevia ginger ale and, uh, and bourbon drink going today. Excellent. That's a good one. I, I, you know, that's what I had last week when my stomach was a little weird and I think it helped. There I you think go. Alcohol helps weird stomachs. There you go. Don't, <laughs> don't tell anybody that's not, I'm not a doctor. Uh, so I went with tried and true today because I was, I struggled. I was thinking all day. Isn't that weird? All day long. I was like, what am I going to drink? Like, what am I in the mood for? And I was kind of in the mood for like, well, I could have a, a, a T to C, a Thompson to Clark. Um, I could have, uh, we had red wine in the fridge that we opened this weekend. It was really good. So I was like, well, maybe I'll do something I've never done before and have a glass of red. But then, then I opened the fridge and I saw the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, the green bottle. It is like home. Yeah. It is my favorite beer of all time. Um, so I busted that out and uh, 
I've been trying to sip on it, but boy, am I thirsty. <laughs> so it's it's I don't know what the weather is like over it, there, but it's, it's warm here. It's warm, but as you can see out the window, we get um, we get anytime it's warm here in the Sierras, man. You get those afternoon thunderstorms mm. that come up and uh, drops the temp by about ten degrees, and you can hear the thunder every once in a while. Um, so yeah, so the the youngest went to Sand Harbor today up at Lake Tahoe for eighth grade. Um, field trip which is about from our house it's like a 30 minute drive 40 minute drive um so they went there today she sent some pictures tahoe was crystal clear blue just nice. like it always is skies were clear and i was like oh man you guys had a good day and as soon as she got back just and <laughs> the thunderstorm so they so they beat it so that was good all right last segment let's talk about uh the week that was and the week that that will be for the giants we had talked about, you know, this is a really nice test. They, we, we recorded last week on Tuesday, so we had the game one against the Padres, where they are Padres Pirates, where they ra- they boat right. raced them, and then we're th- going, oh, you know, maybe we get a couple. Then we go into this big series with the Orioles on a little bit of steam, but no, they lost the next two games to the Pirates, and which was unfortunate. And so they head into this series. Baltimore comes in. It's the black and orange against the black and orange. And they lose a really tight game on Friday, which was a, a really good, it was a really good baseball game. Three to yeah, two, oh yeah. three to two. You know, the, it was two to two going to the top of the seventh Baltimore scores one and the giants couldn't really, you know, only 10 hits for both teams combined. And so, you know, when you lose a game like that against a good baseball team, I find that to be a good barometer. It's not a bad barometer yeah. to lose that game. You're like, okay, that was a test, and let's see how they bounce back. And they bounce back fantastically. And this is the reason why uh, I, I had the vote for for Cobb for Player of the Week because this was the game. It was like, okay, we tested ourselves. They're a little bit better now. We we need to bounce back and let, let's see, let's see who we are. And they won four zero. And then Duvall comes in in the ninth and he's just like throwing baseballs and guys can barely see it. And it was like, <laughs> so really fun win. And so you're like, yeah. okay, you know, we measured ourselves and, and, and we're good. And then they just, you know, they're, they're still not, this is what separates them from being a, a really good team from the average team that they are right now is, you know, then they just, they just get beat up and De Sclafani, he can't find the strike zone and you know, he's an interesting guy because when you read his quotes, you can read them one of two ways. I read them as he's a little, he's ha- he hasn't had enough success. So his mentality sometimes is like it happens. And I don't like that as a fan. I like, I want him to be fiery and be a little bit like, that sucked. I'm going to fix it. We'll be fine. But he's looking at it sort right. of like the long game, the long season. He's like, you know what? I had to wear that one today. Long season. I'll be fine. And I'm like, no, I want you to like, <laughs> be mad. But he's yeah, not be like angry that. at your performance. Yeah. You know, he's just not like that. He's looking at the big picture. And I kind of wonder sometimes I'm like, yeah, because you haven't had, you know, the success and and whatever. He's, he's been a good pitcher. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to degrade him. Because, you yeah. know, we've seen him when he was really good. The first year he was with us, he was really good. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit too 
sort of not worried for me. Like it's a little bit too much. Like, ah, eh, I'm not worried. And I'm like, you should be. Like, yeah. You suck today. So <laughs> they, he's probably they, internally beating the crap yeah, out of himself. Sure so he, he doesn't want to sure do it out in the media too. Cause he's like, I'm going to, and, and then, you know, thanks media. I'll see you later. And then he goes home and he's like, you idiot. That was awful. <laughs> yeah. That was awful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wish, you know, if he, if he, could be more consistently above average. It it's so it makes so much difference because for Logan Webb and and Cobb, like it, it, the team is so dependent on those guys pitching well. Yeah. Because after that, the bullpen just goes through hell for like three games in a row because you're relying on the bullpen so much more. And if Desclafani could just be more consistent and more above average, then you just got to worry about those two games. And now Alex Wood goes on the yeah. DL again. So that, that kind of sucks. But, you know, I think that's kind of like in a weird way, Dez Clefani is like the, the most important starting pitcher for them because we have the two guys who are pitching, you know, like the two best starters. And then Dez Clefani's in the middle. And then we got this back end that is kind of questionable. So I don't know. I, I, I hope that he's has a better year because he's been so uh, he's the ups are great, but the downs are so bad, you know, and I think, too, that's probably why a lot of a lot of fans are clamoring uh, right now for Kyle Harrison. But but I don't know if they understand, like you can bring up Kyle Harrison. He's not seasoned enough. He's going to be De Sclafani but with more walks and more strikeouts. Mm -hmm. So it, it, he's going to have great games. He's going to have uh, rough games. Um, so I think what you have right now is, you know, Desclafani, you know what you've got. Uh, so you just kind of keep writing that. It's not like you're going to bench him and do anything else. Um, but, uh, but I think people are looking for that third starter, that third consistent starter. And, and Wood isn't it right now. Desclafani is showing that he could be it. Manea is not it. Stripling's not it. So, so I think that's the frustrating part is, is fans want that, that one, two, three punch, because like you always say, when you go into a short series, if you've got a one, two, that's, that, that's good. But if you've got a one, two, three, you've got a very, very good chance of advancing. And then if you have a one, two, three, you also have a very good chance in, in the, in the next couple of rounds and in the world series. Um, but right now with just a one, two, that's going to be tough. Farhan did say they're going to be very active at the trade deadline. Uh, what does that mean? You're going to sell, you're going to buy. We, yeah. you know, we don't know if they're a 500 club. If the, if the giants are around a 500 club at the trade deadline, you have to buy. I mean, you, you know, with that extra wild card spot, um, six games over 500, it could get you into the playoffs. No problem. So if you can get, if you can get a third pitcher, um, and round out your rotation uh, to give you that extra boost. And then you can get six games over seven games over by the time the season ends, you've got yourself a playoff spot. And that's what, you know, he said when he came in first at the end of 2019, he said, this is what we want. We want to be um, competitive. We want to play competitive baseball all the way through September uh, and give every, and give this team a shot every year. So do you know the Arizona Diamondbacks are tied with the Dodgers for first place? Yeah, they've been back and forth with them for like three or four days now. That is insane. Yeah, it's really I, insane. I mean, they kicked the crap out of us down in Arizona. 
one of my buddies is a Dodger fan and he's so disappointed in, in their team. I've mentioned this and I'm just like, <laughs> I would reverse positions with you in a second. I'd be disappointed in this 35 yeah, yeah. and 25 team. Uh, but you know, the diamondbacks are right there and, uh, and the giants are the perfect description of a 500 team. They're 29 and 30 right now, but they're expected right. win and loss is only 30 and 29. They're plus one in the run differential. So they're like the perfect 500 ball club. That's just who they are. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they, if Farhan couldn't, you know, maybe, maybe you can make a trade before, you know, the trade deadline that could maybe help them get above the hump of just being a 500 ball club because, you know, they, they do need something like there's, there's, it's fun because it's always fun with the young guys, especially when the young guys, you can actually see the value and you can see why, the Giants are excited about guys like even like even if Bailey, I think the Giants fans are sophisticated enough to see how good he is behind the plate. And especially when you have the comparison with Sable and you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> Bailey good, Sable bad. And it's very yeah. easy to see. And we'll see what happens because Bart is is back. You know, he's going to be back soon. And I, I still want to see it. I want to see the Joey Bart hit against lefties and. Patrick Bailey hitting against righties. That's what I want to see. Get, I want to see the young catchers. Get ready for the wave of phantom injuries, man. We <laughs> talked about we got all these guys coming back. There's going to be a lot of phantom injuries coming. Yeah. Tristan Beck is a guy, you know, he's up because Wood was put on the IL. So he's a guy you can send back down. So that's one spot. But after that, you know, Farhan's going to have to get pretty creative to get all of the, I mean, you're talking Tyro, Jock, Joey Bart, who's on, uh, you know, rehab assignment in AAA right now. You're, that's three guys who have a roster spot. You're not going to, you're not going to send Joey down because you're not going to ride it out with, with Bailey and uh, Sable as your two catchers. That's, that's dangerous. Bart and Sable was dangerous enough. I think yeah. now that they see we have a defensive catcher, uh, it's going to get interesting. Some some things are going to get interesting here pretty soon. All right. If there is a road trip to kind of make up some ground here, let, let's, yeah. you know, if we, if we want to go on the road, this is not a bad road trip here, except that Colorado is still a 500 home team. So even though they're a terrible away team, they're still an average. They're they're basically the Giants when they're home. So this is you know, it's not like the Giants are going to go in there and win three straight because the Rockies at home, as always historically, are just a, a different team yeah. than they are away. Never out of a ball game there late, no matter what. And then we come back home for three with the Cubs. So the Cubs are, you know, they're a little bit under five hundred. Uh, actually, they're now uh, five and a half games uh, back and and five games. Um, six games under 500. So this would be a nice opportunity to, you know, to kind of make up for some of the games that, 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 that were, you know, losing that, that game to, uh, to, to the pirates game two was, was frustrating. And then losing game one to the Orioles was frustrating. You kind of hope that, you know, a good team wins both of those games, but you can, you know, hopefully you can make that up with the Cubs though. I will say the Cubs run differential is uh, plus six, though they're also a, a different team on the road than they are at home. So I think there's some opportunity here. Not saying the Giants are going to go six and zero oh, in, in past uh, Thompson to Clark's. Brad would say six and zero, oh, and then it'd be like two and four sometimes. 
But <laughs> so you're saying I jinx us when I say that. <laughs> I won't say that anymore because I don't want to jinx us, man. I want to get back on a roll. That but roll this this would be the time because next week, uh, not not that the Cardinals are, are world beaters. They're the opposite of world beaters this year, uh, and they're struggling. But going into St. Louis never feels right to me. And then you got to go into L.A. after that. So this is the week. Giants want to make up a little bit of ground. This is the week to do it. You know, Cubs at home and you got the Rockies on the road. So I'm hoping for uh, something like a four and two. I think a three and three would be fine. But anything less than a three and three is kind of like, ugh, this team is telling me something. So I'm hopeful that they yeah. play well this week. All right. Um, that is. Oh, and, it. and go Knights. Let's go. There you go. Wait, they, go. They, I know they won game one. They won game one, and we're not even six minutes into the second period, and the Knights are up four nothing. Wow. In game two. You know, I was uh, in game Vegas. Three is, uh, what's today? Game three is Thursday. I was in Vegas, and they lost that game in Vegas. Yeah, uh, but you couldn't get like it was it was all kinds of traffic because all the cab drivers were like, "Yep, uh, they're <laughs> they're playing at T-Mobile and it's going to take us forever to get anywhere." Because that's uh, a hard place to get in and out of. T-Mobile is cool if you're staying on the strip somewhere, you can walk there; it's super yeah. easy. But if you're trying to drive in and out of that, and the A's are going to be not too far across the street from that, and then the Raiders are not too far from that, mm-hmm. that's heck of an area and. And those three sports do have a little bit of overlap mm-hmm. in October. So, although the A's would have to be playing in October, <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. September, let's say September. You mean you're not confident in the 12 and 49 A's? Wow. The 197 that I... winning percentage? Yeah, that thing I sent you earlier from Bet Online AG. Yeah. The, the A's over under for wins on the season was 59 and a half. It is now changed to 47 and a half. And how many, Jeez. and how many wins do they have right now? You said 14. Uh, they have 12, 12. So they'd have to win. I got to do math here. <laughs> they got 35 more games. Yeah. Can they win 35 more games the rest of the season? I don't know, man. They're rough. Uh, yeah. The, the, it, it is one of the worst teams in the history of baseball. Oh, so bad. So bad. And I feel bad for the A's fans because, totally. you know, the A's, A's fans are a special breed. They love their team. Um, you know, they're always so supportive of the A's. And it's it, I, I don't care what people say. Yeah, it's old and run down. The Coliseum was a fun place back in the 80s and 90s to go watch games. Now it's probably just a complete dump. And they absolutely deserve better. But they don't, you know, they deserve a better stadium, but not in a different state. Uh, they deserve it in, in Oakland down yeah. by the waterfront. And yeah, and, absolutely. And sad that that didn't happen. So. You know, I'm not convinced this Vegas thing is going to happen for them. They're going to screw it up. They screw everything up. Oh, yeah. They're going to screw well, it up. They're going to come begging back to Oakland. And Oakland's going to hopefully have the leverage there and go, okay, we're doing this on on, on our, you know, on what we want, not what you guys want. You guys don't have any leverage. Well, you're the worst single team in baseball. 
And and Nevada legislature ends soon, just a couple yeah. more days. Yeah, um, they got to get it done. My, my state here in Nevada is willing to just hand them a bunch of money. Uh, and of course, it's my money. And because it's going to be state taxes, it's and then it's going to be also local Clark County taxes. Um, and they're willing to just say, here's a bunch of money. Here's 300 and what is it? 350 something million dollars to to help build your stadium. I don't want it, man. I like going down to Vegas. It's fun. Um, and, and during the summer is when I like going. We're going in July. And, and I don't think I'd go to an A's game while I was down there because um, it would be super pricey. And when there's other things like I want to spend my money on the Beatles love show. You know what, um, though? I think that's what I would do during the day. Super hot. You're not going to want to walk the strip. You're yeah. going to want to either be in a hotel or hanging out by a pool. And then I think one of those days you're going to go, you know what? Let's go into this air conditioned ballpark. You know, the former uh, or, you know, they're going to knock down the Tropicana <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and build the park. And then I guess rebuild. I don't think everybody's going to miss that place. No. And then I guess rebuild <laughs> the trop behind it or something. Right. I guess. that's Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. But yeah, that's but that's the the other problem, though, is you have a brand new stadium. So you're not going to be like, hey, I'll, I'll pop in there for twenty five bucks to watch a game. Oh, no, it's going to be like. 100 and 125 150 bucks to sit in some decent seats to watch a game and i don't think i'm going to want to do that when we'll i go down see. there to visit but we'll yeah, see yeah because it's, it's, it's they'll, gonna be they're gonna a lot of those tickets are going to be you know casino buys for their high yeah. rollers and i don't gamble so that and that's then, not and me then, <laughs> and then may and then maybe the market says well, you can't really sell to casual baseball fans for 150 bucks. They'll they'll go for 50. Right. They're not going to go for 150. Yeah, Maybe I hope the not. market I, says. If we can go down there and, and and spend 50 bucks a ticket and go to a game, Giants are in town, go watch the Giants and A's play in July uh in an air-conditioned stadium. Yeah, I I I would probably do that. And and but but again, I'm already I might be paying for the stadium. So <laughs> yeah, you already get paying. some comp tickets. Yeah, you should get you should get the Vegas tickets, the casino buys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Living in the city. Go down there and show living them my the license yeah. and be like, here you go, man. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it from here. We will be back next week and hopefully a good week. Uh, I, I'm ho- I, I just feel I feel yeah. a good week coming. So ho- hoping for sport. not six and oh, not six and oh, <laughs> That's reverse jinx, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hoping for four and two. Let's see if we can get to four and two. So I'll take we'll that. be back next week. Uh, we'll see when we see you. Peace out. Peace. This is Andrew Rotondi from the Bronx Pinstripe Show. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my podcast, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's an amazing platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. So in other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. 
BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or just want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash BlueWire. Again, wefunder.com slash BlueWire.